Oh. How's your week, man? It's been it's been a long week. Has I just uh, yeah, I just started back at my second job. Just got done with that first break so we could get this whole thing set up. And I, I I worked the first night there in like three weeks last night. And I hurt. I guarantee you. I hurt. I, my back hurt halfway through. I was like, I don't even think I did nothing to it. There's a point in the night where like this big case of water, uh, you know, big packs of like aquafina water yeah. fell over like a whole pallet of it. Almost on a customer. It's late at night. My back is already hurting. And I was... And I was like, all right, I got you. And I was lifting it and just tossing it. And I wasn't halfway through, like, the third case where my back really started hurting. I said, I'm so tired. I think I just lifted the first, like, three of those with my back. Yeah. I got, by the time I got home, I was like, this hurts. This hurts bad. That's the worst, too, once you finally stop and then you can feel it. Yeah, it's like, on. I tell you, when I laid down in bed last night, I think I literally sounded like, a snowman hopping in a hot tub. <laughs> like, I made that sound. I was like, that was weird. But, yeah. How's your week going? It's been crazy. Um, getting the garden ready. Helping other people. Just nonstop, man. Go, go, go. I got you, And This is the second take of the very first episode of Sinners Team Servants Podcast. Hello and good evening, everybody. My name is Matt. This is my best friend, Austin. How are you guys going? I'm um, good. And we are a couple of just random dudes, just normal fellas, with a microphone in a basement, and we're coming to talk to you from this basement about the Lord Jesus Christ. So the whole, I suppose, situation of this show is that we are just normal people. Neither of us have been to any kind, we're not preachers or pastors, we're not, and we're just like, we haven't been to seminary or, we haven't been ordained, we're not pastors, we're just a couple of normal dudes that have kind of been, you know, come back around to the faith after living some interesting lives with both of us and so that's what we're here to talk about today it's going to be our testimonies and just kind of what to expect with this whole thing because this is new to the both of us you know we're just we don't really do things like this no we're learning as we go absolutely henceforth the reason there's two of these first episodes yes so i'd say maybe start this one off with a prayer would you like to leave i'm gonna let you take care on this one aye aye captain all righty so everybody bow your heads unless you're driving then don't Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and we ask you to be with us. We pray for those who are listening to this podcast. Speak through us, Lord. I pray that you use us, that we give you the glory, that we glorify you through this podcast, and that we spread the good news of Jesus Christ, died for us, and rose from the tomb. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Alrighty. Now that we've kind of gotten past that little first little intro, we're going to go straight into the... I guess it'll be the verse of the cast is what we'll call it, but what one of the things that kind of started this was I do with Austin and my cousin a verse of the day every day. So when I'm reading my Bible in the morning and I find a verse that really hits me or just I think of one and I go look it up, I will copy it down, I'll send it to him and my cousin with a little interpretation if it's a little too much or my own take on it. Uh, so today is Proverbs seventeen seventeen, And it goes, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. And that that really sings to me towards you, because that, I tell you, there's people in my family, you know, even people that are like direct, direct, immediate household, that we love each other, we're down, you know, we're down to ride. You know, so they love at all times, 
friend, one of the few people I know that have not been afraid to go through adversity with me is you. And that is, I consider you my brother for that. I do consider you my brother for that too. Yeah. It's, it, and I've, we've spoken about this before. It might have been on the first episode that we kind of lost a lot of audio on. Yeah. But it seems like every time, because we have had pretty extended period breaks where we just don't, life gets in the way we're not talking to each other. Yeah. It seems like every time we come back together, we're either on the same page or closely on mm-hmm. the same page of, like, either faith or life or what's going on around us. Absolutely. Like, it, uh, the night that we kind of both talked about, and I think we touched on that phone call that we had, episode three. Anybody, let me just clear this up. We're already a couple episodes in that have not been released yet. We have to redo this because I thought it was a good idea to do the first one on Band Lab, and it did not work. For those that don't know, Band Lab's just a, uh, it's another way to record audio. Yeah, and you can make little little beats and whatnot. Don't do a podcast on there. We tried. Don't do it. And if you did do it, I mean, good on you. Yeah, you got more, better internet and more dedication than either of us. Yeah. So, I would... Let's talk about who we are. Who we are? Yeah. Alrighty. So, I'm just a regular dude. I, and that's... I guess really that's all I really have to say for myself. I'm not much. I'm a parking guy for a certain city in a certain place in our country. And also, I guess, customer service cashier at a certain dollar store. Well, my name is Austin. I have three little kids, gorgeous wife. Currently, not really working at the moment. I am medically retired from the military. I served three years. Most of that time was in Washington State. I worked on helicopters, the uh, Apache. But for me, I, it's not necessarily I was saved because I still haven't really went through that journey yet. Yeah. And you guys are going to get to experience that with me here. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm learning as I go, and I'm starting to feel more warmth and more faith come to me stronger and stronger as we do this. But... I went through some darker sides, some wicked side, and oh, yeah. just some bad areas, and that's kind of what really pointed me towards the light. Absolutely, absolutely. I had to we'll touch a little more on it, I, and I don't think we're going to be revealing our full-on total test me first episode. We kind of spoke about this. We want to give you guys a taste, a generalization, I guess, and maybe a little, even a little gentrified yeah. for this, and then... That way, you will have more to learn about us as time goes on, as episodes go on, and hopefully if you stick around. Listen, guys, it's character development. It is character development. We're trying to give it all to you at once. Yeah, no. We don't believe in, uh, what is it, instant gratification on this. Not anymore. Cliffhangers on the next episode. Cliffhangers. We do not (laughs) reveal that much on the next episode. No, they're... But it's a good one. Yeah, they are good. We can tell you right now, up to up to episode three, absolute fire. You should check those out when they come out. Anyway, I suppose just kind of what to expect from us, because what we're trying to do here is we're both kind of fighting two busy lifestyles, and we're trying to get together and twice a month give you guys a little piece of our conversations where we're talking about the Lord and how he's moving in our lives and where we want to go with that on top of just being normal flawed people and i've kind of mentioned that to some of the people i was talking to about the podcast and their first thing they always say is oh everybody's flawed we're not not saying that we are not saying that you know it's just us that is flawed however you know you find a lot of the christian content 
out there and it's like, oh, we're just flawed people. And it's like this dude that's been a preacher for 15 years. And yes, he's a human being, but... His flaws aren't the extent of ours. Yeah. Oh, I mean, sin is sin, but ours are a little more visible. Yeah. Like, it's easier to look at... That's it. Ours is definitely more... And we're going to be extremely transparent with you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I think that's... That kind of wraps it up for who we are, what to expect. Twice a month, two dudes sitting in a basement talking about the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see the people that start from day one. Oh, absolutely. Hi, Dad. (laughs) Yeah, hi, Mom, or whoever else listens. (laughs) Family. Oh, yeah. So I'd say... You want to go ahead and get into testimonies? Let's do it. Alrighty. So, you want me to start, like, the first time? Yeah. Alrighty. So, for, for mine, I guess I can take you back to about, I don't know, last summer. So, summer 22. And just for a little bit of context, I was a, I was a Wiccan. And I, w- I w- wouldn't call myself necessarily devout, but I wasn't in a, I wasn't like one of those people that was in it for the aesthetic. I, I was in it. Uh, from 2020, lockdown actually, that was when I had my, I, I guess they call it spiritual awakening, I called it a spiritual awakening then, I think it was just spiritual suicide at that point, is what we'll call it now, that's the yeah. only thing, um, and lockdown in 2020 up until September of 22, and so I guess I'll take you back last summer, like I'm young in the faith y'all, young in the faith, but I'm training up, so I was... I was getting to a point in my life as a Wiccan where I was really just understanding where I was at, who I was. I mean, I was beginning to be kind of miserable. I knew that I was missing something. And from my, you know, being a younger kid and having, you know, my great-grandma, you know, taught me about the Bible and everything, I had a that seed still in me. I had that little safety net that I could come home to. But there was something in me I had a lot of pride and arrogance, and I will say... You know, I see now the persecution that I gave the Christians then, and I see it now, and I I sit here and I'm like, I deserve that because I gave that out. I, I mean, I was, a, I was blind. I was very angry towards Christians. I would go to Christians that I saw that were uh, kind of dwindling in their faith, and this is disgusting. I'm ashamed of it. I'm disgusted with myself, um, and I would... Be like, yo, here's a pack of tarot cards. You know, I'd get them into it. Like, I'd bait them in, yeah. into Wicca. And though I thought that, and this is how I thought that literally every religion and faith, except for Christianity, is true. Yeah, I, <clears throat> that's something that the Wiccan definitely led me towards, too. Yeah, it was like everything, everything is possible and right, except for that one. Yep. It, yeah, and... So that's where I was. I was very blind, spiritually liberal. I wouldn't say, you know, politically, but spiritually. Like, it was just, I was a vile creature. Uh, <clears throat> now, I was, it was probably about June or July. And I'm sitting here realizing I wasn't spending the time I was at my altars. I had two, three altars set up. And I wasn't spending the time there, and I wasn't doing the offerings that I, you know, quote unquote should have been doing and I wasn't I didn't have as much of a deep connection with the deities heavy, heavy quotations what I would call now demons and deceivers now but the, yeah. you know, my so and so forth gods lowercase g and and it was making me nervous because I felt 
I felt bad, but anytime I sat down on my altar, I just felt negative. Like I started seeing, and I didn't, it wasn't even discernment. It wasn't like, oh, this is wrong. It was, you know, I still can't describe it. I just felt trapped. I felt like I couldn't do anything about it. And I, I still loved these, you know, deceitful things that hated me. I, I like, I was dedicated, <clears throat> dedicated to them. And one night, I'm sitting there, and I was like, oh, I could accept Jesus. But I want to, like, it was, I completely defied the whole point of accepting Jesus. Because it wasn't because I, you know, needed to repent or anything. It was like, I need that, I need somebody, something to be like, oh, it's okay. You know, it, I needed that lazy, lukewarm, you know, garbage. And I still wanted to worship, you know, the other, uh, all the strange gods. So, um, I, there's this kid I know, and it's my younger brother's best friend, and I've known this kid since he was knee-high to a grasshopper. Yeah. He's five years younger than me. So, and he's over at the house, and I was like, I want to talk to you about the Lord. Or Jesus. And so we're sitting, and it is, it's probably midnight, 1, 2 a.m. We're in the kitchen. Um, and we're getting food. And I said, yeah, I want to I wanna accept, I want to start following Jesus, but I want to stick with my, you know, my deities. And he turned around. And I'll tell you, this kid, you know who you are if you listen. I don't know if you are, but shout out you, my brother. Uh, you did this. Um, you know, he didn't save me, but he knows. And he was the first person that checked me. Turns around, this kid I've known. He's, I've never seen him speak a cool word or a serious word, let alone. I mean, absolute, just teddy bear of a dude. Turns around, and I see the look in his eyes. And I... I was already hurt, and he hadn't said anything. He said, well, be careful with that. You know, you really can't just do that, right? You can, you can only serve the Lord and the Lord only. I said, oh, okay. I, it hurt my feelings. He was, he, uh, what, what did I say in the first? He said that he spoke up against my truth. Yeah, it's so, like a disappointed parent. Yeah, and it hurt and I was offended for a while he said you know he isn't letting me live my truth yeah I, you know he wouldn't let me live the lie won't let me walk blindly yeah exactly I owe so much to that kid and for months guys months I was sitting and that was on my mind daily and I was like how could he dare say something like that to me flash forward a couple months later I'm still in this like standstill where it's like I I'm starting to see a little more, but I still have that arrogance. I don't want those chains to be broken yet, but I know that I'm wearing them. Yeah. I, I was a prisoner who wanted to complain and wanted to go out, but when somebody just threw the door open and said, let's go, I stuck in. Like, I was like, no, I'm staying here. That's who I was. And it was, and I was just so deceived and angry. And I was depressed, I was anxious, addicted to, you know, you know, I had all kinds of vices, we'll say that, uh, you know, of, you know, of all kinds of things, lust and all that. So a couple months go by after that, I'm still in this standstill of misery, and the only way I can really describe it is 
a drought from living water. So if we go to John 4, chapter 10, I believe it is, where it's talking about Jesus with the woman at the well. Where he's telling her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life, living water. That is Jesus Christ, and I was in a drought for it. I was sitting there like... Because I wasn't... I wasn't like sad like I wanted to die. But I wasn't happy. I was just miserable consistently. I was just... It was like I was dying of thirst for no... And there was no bit of water that could deal... And as a matter of fact, that uh, what... My song, and I would bump this song over and over, that Kendrick Lamar song, Dying of Thirst. I don't think I've heard that one. Uh, I, I don't listen to secular music as much anymore. I kind of steer clear from it. Um, but that song where, it, and it's talking about dying of thirst for, you know, holy water, you know, and tired of running, and whatever. And that hit me so hard that was, I was listening to that song all day, every day, because it, I related to it. I was dying of thirst, and I had no water. So then I finally kind of gave in, and I was like, all right. And I thought about this for weeks, and there was something in me saying, don't. And I was like, I want to go back to church. And I told my mom, and there's a little church down close to our house. And I said, Mom, I want to go back to church. And we we were never like a constant, you know, consistently church-going family. Um, but, you know, but, you know, we read the bible and stuff i'm but we would go from time to time and would stop and go back and you know same busy family kind of thing yeah you make as much time as you can yeah so i was like mom i'm gonna go back to church she said all right let's go we'll go, we'll go this sunday and i was excited but i was also nervous and the first the first time we go in the pastor wasn't there and it was i don't i think she i guess you could say she was just like a helper like we all kind of do our thing in that church and try and help out. Yeah. And this lady, her name is Eloise. She'll so she'll do like the morning announcements and stuff like that for church. And when you know Pastor Dave isn't there, she'll do the she'll do a little sermon that we can all kind of just vibe with. And that was that. And I was like, okay, chill. It, you know, I nothing much changed in me, but that. And I was like, okay, I want to go back. And I was still clinging heavily to those false gods. And all that wickedness. So we go back next week. And we're sitting there. And the pastor's there. Shout out Pastor Dave. He's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I'm sitting there. And the pastor's telling the story. Where Jesus tells a parable of the rich man and the beggar. Which is nowadays one of my absolute favorite Bible stories. It's, uh, you know that story? I don't think I do. Off the top of that, no. All right. Well, well, it's talking about the the rich man and the beggar, obviously. And I, the poor dude is out there, and he's always begging. He doesn't have any money. He doesn't have nothing. And even and it says in Scripture where even the dogs licked his sores. Like, there was no medical care. He was just miserable. He was... You know, absolute pestilence and all that. And there was this rich dude that would walk by him all the time. 
I don't know if it said he walked by him or not, but... And he lived big. He was a big feeling dude. And both of them died. And Jesus talks about... Uh, I believe they said the the poor man's name was Lazarus. Lazarus was, a, was in Abraham's bosom. He was carrying him up to heaven, and the rich dude was in hell. And he's saying, I just want one drop of water. Please, send Lazarus to dip a finger in, that, in water and just a drop on my tongue. And Abraham says, it's too late. You already, you get what Lazarus had in life now, and he gets what you had in life now. So I'm sitting there, and, I'm, and it's a great story because it's, you know, talking about if you're a rich man, if you're big and wealthy and you're big feeling and you're very of this world, your chances of getting into the kingdom of heaven is like a camel through the eye of a needle. Sitting there, I'm like, this is a good story. Emphasis in my heart on story. Like, I literally said in my head, that's a good story like that. And that, my brother, was when I had the most intense experience ever. And I, and I want to tread lightly on the way I say this because I feel like everybody ever puts like a, up a YouTube testimony. It's something like this where it's like, and that is when... Very you know, enlightening I lifted up out of my pew and yeah, slammed back down. Exactly, with, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's nothing like that. It wasn't physical, kind of. In that moment, and I did audibly hear, and it was terrifying. I was scared. Obviously, I was terrified. Like, And I have... I have indulged in things that have made me see terrible things. This was scarier than that because this was even more real. And I hear, listen, like that loud, deep, booming voice. It sounded like a, a million voices yelling that at once. It was intense. And at that was the moment I knew. I said, oh. You're real. I'm an idiot. Yep. And I felt, for just a moment, when I heard that, like, I felt the judgment. I don't think I felt an ounce of what I deserve for all of my wrongdoing and sin, but I felt enough to make me realize that all that arrogance and ego around all that wickedness that I was doing that I in my heart knew was evil was wrong and it was it was time and I like I felt the only way I can describe it is dad said hey and you know smack my wrist that's what that felt like that's the only way I can describe that specific moment and I'm terrified like a kid that just got caught sneaking into you know the cookie jar or whatever yeah oh yeah and then I felt the most overwhelming feeling of love. And it was, and I have, you can play around with, don't, you know, figure of speaking, you can play around with all kinds of stuff and look, and you can feel this, this love, and you feel so loved. This was nothing like anything I've ever felt before. This felt more endearing and true than a love from a mother. And my mom loves very wholeheartedly. 
this was nothing like I've ever felt. It was... I, and I physically felt this. I felt... There's probably a two or three people space between me and my mom in this pew. I felt a warmth up the right side of my thigh, and I, like somebody was sitting up next to me with their arm around me. I felt it warm like that. Like it was somebody, and I was, I start crying, and I feel just more loved than I had ever felt. For the first time in my life, I felt like I was enough. I felt like I was accepted, that, you know, I come as you are kind of feeling. I love you, no matter what you've done. I have a plan for you. Come to me. And I'm bawling like a child. I'm crying my eyes out. And we get out of that church. I walked out of that church saved. I, you know, I said it. I didn't say it there, but in my, it, that changed in my heart right there. I run up to my house, run into my room, shut, lock, slam the door, and I fall on my face crying. And I, you know, I'm telling, and I'm praying, I'm like, all right, okay, this is, I know better now. I will, my life is yours. Like, I, I, I was like, I repent. I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and I am your, I am for your use now. I am, this is, I'm for you, nothing for me. And then I'm, and I'm like that for a while. And eventually I calmed down. And it was a strange thing to have that moment and then stand up. And now I really, really know my sin and I repent of it. And see all the altars that around that were in my room. Oh, yeah. Everything that was in my room, it was like, it broke my mother's heart the day that she first saw that stuff. Um, and... I got up and left. I had to go. At, once I got myself calmed down, I had to run out to the store real quick. I'm on the road. And where we're at, there's this road right up next to one of these rivers. And there's like an empty lot that, you know, it's always has some little pop-up shop in that lasts for three months and leaves. Yeah. And, um, and I put on the radio the only Christian song I knew at the time. It was You Say by Lauren Daigle. And I'm driving down, and there's a part in the song where it's saying, you know, I believe, I believe, you know, kind of deal. I can't sing, so my bad. Uh, and I'm singing that part, and I start hyperventilating, and my eyes are so covered with tears that I couldn't see. I thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, singing it. Yeah. I, I'm swing over into that empty lawn. And I mean, I threw the car in park. Like, I threw the, you know, the into the park. And I threw myself back in my chair, cr screaming. I wasn't just like, I believe. I was screaming. It hurt my throat. I was screaming. And I wasn't even singing at that point. I was saying, I was screaming to God. I was like, I believe. I believe. Top of my lungs, crying like a baby. My shirt was soaked with tears. And that, after that... You know, there were some slow changes. Like it took a little, it took a a couple weeks for me to get the gumption to take down all the altars and stuff. Yeah. It took a minute because I just didn't want to look at it. But after you know, and after that, it's been, I think it's almost been eight months, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that. It's May right now. I got saved in September of I think twenty fifth. 
22. So that's my testimony that you can have for now. Austin? Mine is nowhere near as extreme. Um, I wouldn't say I've been saved yet. I haven't gone through kind of the warmth and all that. It, it's more of like, um, it's like when your dad says, hey, man, you're going to get hurt. You keep doing that. Mm. And then you get hurt and you look at him and you're like, I'm going to listen to you yeah. like, next time. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I know you're right. Why do I keep doing this to myself? Yeah. Kind of deal. Um, so allegedly I was chained up by addiction. Mm. I was on some pretty heavy narcotics, allegedly, and it, it, it took a real beating on my life. I mean, I lived in condemned houses. I lived out of cars. Sometimes I lived in a hammock if I couldn't have anywhere else to stay. And I just, I, all I cared about was the, the next high. You know? Yeah. So we're in this condemned house. My wife, she's pregnant with my first child at the time. This would have been four years ago, so we're looking probably summer of 2019. Okay. Because we had him about October. She was pretty far along at the time. So about, about this time, probably in 2019. And I get my hands on a good amount of... Um, Magic mushrooms, you know what I'm speaking of, hallucinogenics. You know, I, I go through all the steps. At the time, I, I am I'm Wiccan too. I'm like, I know these trips kind of make you feel better. You, you come out of them on a better side. It helps yeah. with depression. All that nonsense that you read. You know mm. what I mean? It, it really is nonsense because I've had my fair share. Really terrible um, dark trips that at the end of it, the next day I'm like completely changed mentally in a wrong way. But of course, as an addict, you go back to whatever narcotic you can get to have fun with that night. That's what I had. You know, I make my tea, I do all my stuff. I drink it all. I'm laying on the couch and I would say probably the most patient and nicest person I know is one of my grandmothers. And she walked into the house with a couple cans of paint because I guess my wife had called her saying mm -hmm. like the walls were stained yellow from cigarette smoke and just that it was yeah. falling apart. She she came in the house with paint so they could start painting the house. And at that time, it's for people that don't know when you're doing these kind of narcotics, usually right about when it kicks in, you throw up a lot. Mm -hmm. She walked in the door with the paint and I threw up. I didn't realize that was probably a sign. Like, I did it in front of her. I disappointed one of the nicest women in my life. Yeah. That's just literally accepted me with open arms. I'm adopted also. Um, not by my mother, but my father's adopted me. So that whole family. You know, there's some people that accepted me a lot. There were some that didn't. She was the most accepting out of everything. Yeah. And now she's seeing me in this state. Um, the night goes on. I'm laying on the couch that's infested with bed bugs and fleas. Just completely getting eaten up. My wife's back in the bedroom sleeping. She does she's over me. She's over it. She, yeah. We're about to have a kid. How, what kind of father am I? Yeah. If I can't get my get my stuff together and even get a job. Wasn't working. I mean I'm not working now, but we have income coming in and, and it's, Yeah, it's a different time. It's a different kind of story while I'm not working now. Yeah. So 
I think we call it, it's called popcorn wall. Yeah. Whatever yeah, it is. Yep. Like, it's textured and mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> Laying on this couch, and I'm looking at this wall, and I see this demonic face protrude. And if anybody's listening to this that's gone through kind of like a hallucinogenic trip, you know, it's kind of just like wavy. This was so much deeper. This face started talking to me, and it kept repeating, I have you. You're mine. I have you. And it was eight hours of me and this protruding face of the wall arguing. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Kind of, in a sense, I wake up the next morning. I can't move. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why. My body's cramping so hard. I can barely get off the couch. And I look at my wife and I said, I think we need to leave. Shout out to my other grandmother that lives out of state. Shout out, Nana. Yeah, Nana. Nana. Yeah. I told her, I said, I think we need to leave. Without even a blink of an eye, my wife had the bags already packed and in the car. Mm. Now, I'm still in this phase where I, my body's cramping and I I can't move. And I'm like kind of coming in and out of consciousness. Mm. I was so dehydrated from all the narcotics and pills I was doing, allegedly, that it it just drained everything out of me and I never stopped to think to drink some water, you know? Mm. Um, <clears throat> she gets me in the car and we book it out of state. I get down there and it's this long journey of just remembering that face on the wall. Yeah. This evil, demonic-looking thing telling me that it's one I lost it has me. I, I'm owned. And I, I, I look in the mirror. And I, it was like the first time I actually saw myself. You know what I mean? You kind of look in the mirror and you're like, you don't notice changes in your body or weight or anything really drastically. I looked in the mirror, freaked out. I stepped on a scale. Matt, I weighed maybe 90 pounds. Mm. Yeah, that ain't. And for me, guys, right now, I'm like, 160 at this time I wasn't growing anymore I haven't grown any since yeah I weighed almost 90 pounds I was so just normal it was just I couldn't do anything I could barely even pick up like a bag of a gallon of milk to take Mm. it inside was about all I could do for the whole day goodness and what really made me start believing in the Lord is because I've seen what I believe is the devil. I saw the most demonic thing laugh at me and tell me that it had me. And it's hard for me to this day believe how I made it out of there. Yeah. I think one more night there, because I did, I fought to stay. After I said that, my wife had the stuff packed and it was, of course, going too fast for an addict. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. I got I got all this other stuff here that I want to do. I I have these people coming over at this time. and the, the, You know what I mean? I think if I'd have stayed one, one more night, I'd have OD'd. I'd have died. Mm. I mean, if it wasn't from the drugs, it would have been from dehydration or yeah. whatever. But So going down a journey like that, a path like that, it opens your eyes to the point where you cannot deny that there is demonic hell sin out there. Yeah. Well, if you're a smart person, you know 
then there's also a go to heaven. There, yeah, you don't want to go to hell. Nobody wants to go to hell. You want to go to heaven. And that's that's been my journey for the past four years. It's just cleaning up these um, chains that I still have, and I still have plenty of chains. Everybody still, everybody has sin. Everybody has vices. Everybody needs to repent. Yeah. And but I want, and I, if you don't mind me interrupting, and I know you, you kind of mentioned that I think we we might have already talked about this, but just as your friendly reminder, because you did say you know you don't consider yourself saved. Did you have you just been like? Have you tried? Have you said, you know, I accept the Lord? Because I don't oh, think yeah, just because yeah. you say it doesn't mean you're going to get the feelings all at once. Yeah, so I've never gotten the feelings all at once. But if I would if I look at my life journey, I'm saved. Yeah. there I've been saved so many times without me even accepting the Lord, mm-hmm. which I have no idea why. I mean, you could say it was luck, but at the end of the day, it's there's so many things I did, so many... Yeah. So many nights I've spent in places where I shouldn't have came back. And I'm here now and I have a gorgeous family, gorgeous wife. Mm-hmm. And I literally live the best life anybody could ever ask for. You, you do be living your best life. Absolutely. You got a big dog. I got a big, yeah, my dog's big. We're friendly now. I'm, Is she? I got here before, before he did. Do your own house. I know, I was... I said it in the car. I was like, I am late to my own house. How does that even happen? He goes, I was leaving work because I was like, all right, I got to leave work, go drop my mom off at the house. Hustle. And then me, I know me and my little brother are hanging out tonight, which is like, we've talked about this, I think, on episode, I think it was three. It was the last episode where I was talking, I was like, I don't get to spend much time with him. Yeah. Watch episode three. Don't watch it. Listen. Listen. Listen to episode three. So we're hanging out tonight. We're going to be playing some video games and stuff. So I might be able to drop in a little bit of seed of faith in there. Maybe not. I don't there know. You go. And if you listen to episode two, you know. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you, you let them taste it a little bit. If they push back, there's no point in forcing that Absolutely. spoonful Absolutely. of food down their mouth. But you gave them a taste. Absolutely. So, yeah. I'm excited for that. And I'm, he, he calls me. I'm stepping out the door. And he goes, hey, we still on for 4.30? And I was like, yeah, because we, we always make plans, change the time 15 minutes, and then confirm. It's weird. We don't do it on purpose. No, just how life, it's life. Yeah. I mean, let's get real. It, oh, yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, we already did this. Yeah, I'm 430. I'm coming. And he goes, all right, I got I to gotta do this. I got to go pick my kids up from daycare. Yeah, I go pick my kids up from daycare. You know, just walk in, get things set up if you get there before me. So I come in. And I thought your dog was going to tear me up. Mm-hmm. I was expecting, because he's, what kind of dog is it, if you don't it's mind telling the folks? Burmese Mountain Dog mixed with a poodle. It's That thing is literally, was it 5'2", five, 5'3", five, on its hind It's legs? about 5'2", five, 5'3", five, on its hind. I'm 5'3". And it's about 100 pounds at this point. I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm also about 100 pounds, 5'3". I'm a smaller gentleman. Uh, the dog's my size. So, like, getting down the stairs, it was like wrestling. I was like, my friend's dog that's the same size as I am. Hello. <laughs> that, so, she doesn't worry me, though. I mean, anybody She's listening to this and knows who I live, don't think my dog won't um, come after you. She, here's the thing. You could probably rob my house blind. I hate to say it, but mm-hmm. you probably could. She only gets upset when the kids are involved. Yeah. So, I can't wrestle with the kids. Of course, I got a four-year-old son. He likes to beat me up. 
<laughs> I, you know, I give him tickles and whatever back, and she will grab my arm and pull me to the ground. And I mean, <laughs> I don't bruise, up. but I swell. She'll swell my arm up. But hey, I, was she night? Was she like excited? Oh, uh, she you? was. I didn't know she was right at the door, uh, the time. basement door. Yep. So I open it up, and she's just sitting there waiting, and she runs. She didn't jump on me or nothing. Almost knocked me down the steps. Like she, I, for a second, I thought she was trying to kill me. Oh, really? She was like, "Come down to my death pit." Like I was walking <laughs> downstairs, this heavy backpack on, alone in, a, in my homie's house. He's not here yet, and she's like running into my legs from behind. I'm like, "Dixie, chill." Yeah, that's what she does. She gets likes to get like. She'll get between your legs and then wrap her arm yeah. around your leg like it's she's hugging like, you. Oh, dude, she's taking you down. She's got yeah. that. She's got so much mass. She yeah. doesn't realize That it. is like if a dog, was, if Khabib was a dog. Hey, Smish. Oh, yeah. Uh, all righty. Well, I, I mean, I think this was hopefully a successful first podcast. This was this is the first, this was the most successful first episode we've shot. That's for sure. I'm glad it, we had to redo this again. Me too, because I I we got a little more in depth. We did, we did. Let me tell the story before we cut it out. So we come down first episode that we actually shot this. It's probably getting closer to a month now because I took three weeks off my second job. To get everything situated. So I come down with my laptop, which is a Chromebook, and I use it for writing, and that's really all it can do. And, and it can take BandLab. But what we, we're doing everything off of Audacity now. So we go off of BandLab, you can only do 15-minute intervals of recording. Yeah. So every 15 minutes. Again, BandLab, Audacity, they're two uh, things that you record. Yeah, audio, audio recording, recording yeah. softwares. Uh, well, BandLab... I would save it, and it would delete it. So we redid our testimonies. It's probably the third time we each redone a part of the testimony. Oh, yeah, I would say at least, at least, because mm-hmm. so, you couldn't save. Was... Yeah, Sunday night, I, I was like, all right, I'm finally, since I was like, I was going to have us do episode four this week, because I was like, all right, I'll do episode one, edit it tonight, and I could not find the beginning. Oh, man. And I, then I, it was like, because we, we went off topic intentionally to have that filler for the first one. When now we do it, it's episode one. We are seasoned veterans. We yeah, know. we're getting there. Oh, yeah. Alrighty, everybody. Well, do you feel satisfied with this one? I do. Uh, I think this is a great first kickoff. Fantastic. So I reckon we ought to end with a prayer. Sayonara. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to let you do the prayer again. All righty. It was a long day. You're going to be able to uh, say it clear and not good. Aye, aye, Captain. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We're lifting this podcast up to you. Lord, I hope that this was used to glorify you. I pray that it was entertaining for those who listened to it. I pray blessings of peace over all those who listen to it and will listen to it. And that we come in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us and rose again. That we may be servants, Lord. No glory comes to us. Do not let our egos get in the way, Lord. All glory be yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Alrighty. You all have a lovely night, day, or morning, or whatever. We will catch you in episode two.